As a free, not-for-profit service, Cradio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit cradio.org.au slash donate. Cradio. Repentance and Healing. A talk by Thomas Shushak at the 2018 Immaculata Mission School in Hobart, Tasmania. Last night I shared with you some of my story, some of the, um, the sins that brought me down. And tonight I want to delve a little bit deeper into a couple of them that changed the course of my life, basically. And there were two main sins that did this um, when I was younger, in high school. The first one was lying. I was incredibly good at lying. And I used to do it all the time to protect myself, to make myself look good. Anything and everything. I was proud of the fact that I could lie and everyone would believe me. I used to play games with people. And who's the father of lies? Satan. Satan. This was a serious, serious thing I was doing. And the second one was pornography. It's something I got into very early on in high school. And the two of these sins changed the course of my whole life and the way it worked out. See, when I started to get into them, without knowing it, I started to go further and further into my sin. I told you guys before I was quite a good kid, and I was. And before any of the parties or anything like that, these two sins came on the scene first. And it was those two sins and getting into them that caused me to go deeper and deeper and deeper. From them, that's where the parties came from. That's where the girls came from. That's where all the drinking and everything like that came from. It started to take me further and further. Why? Because that's how sin works. I was damaging my relationship with God, damaging it more, cutting off completely from Him. And once I was cut off from God, where's the only way to go? Down. And that's where I was going. That's where sin was taking me. Further and further down. I started a relationship with a girl in this sinfulness, in this mess. So you can imagine it wasn't a very healthy relationship. The girl also had some of her own issues. We both brought woundedness into the relationship and it simply wasn't healthy. Again, Naturally, the boundaries were getting pushed and things were going lower and lower and further and further down in our relationship. It got to a point where somehow my girlfriend realized what was happening was really bad, really unhealthy. And she wanted to take a step back. She knew it was unhealthy and she said, hey, let's take a step back. Let's stop everything that's going on. And I thought that was a great idea. There was something in me, there was some bit of goodness in me that I thought, you know what, she's right, we should. But I was so far down in my sin that I couldn't do it. And then I did something I thought I was never capable of as the person I was. I cheated on her, behind her back. And it's... um. Really difficult each time, I've shared this a couple of times. And it's difficult each time for me to share this because the person I did that to is now my wife. And knowing that I was the reason for one of the greatest hurts in her life, 
is not something that's very easy. Similar to Father Anthony's Mary's story, when I was going out with Sarah in this time, I also took a six-month trip to Europe to party, to live it up, like the world said. And while I was over there, and we were together, Sarah had no idea what I was doing behind her back. But she was having a conversion here while, while I was away. And she was praying for me. And it got to a point overseas where for about two weeks, I had nothing to do between two, two places in Spain, I mean in Italy and France. And when I spoke to Sarah on the phone, she said to me, you know what, why don't you go to Assisi and Lourdes in these two weeks? And something in me, by God's grace, thought, you know what, why not? I'm on my own. I can give the party a break for two weeks and then keep going after that. And so I did. And the encounter I had at Lourdes was what started to change my life. When I was there and I was doing these horrible things behind Sarah's back, she was praying for me at the same time with no idea what I was doing. And I know that that was, that was the grace I needed to go to Lourdes. And when I went to Lourdes for the first time in my life, I felt like God was needing me. When I walked down the street, a random old man ran into me. We started chatting. He invited me to mass with him and his community. We went. I heard songs that were familiar. I started to have this beautiful experience of God. And I thought I want to go to confession. And I want to confess everything. And so I did, and Lord's I went to confession. For the first time in a long time. And I had the grace, I had the will to want to confess it all. And when I was there, um, and I was waiting in line, there was a beautiful image that I was looking at. It's actually the same image behind me, except a full-size image of the Divine Mercy. With Jesus, I trust in me at the bottom. And when I went to confession there, it was one of the most amazing experiences that I had. I gave everything to God. You know, when I was doing what I was doing, I felt horrible after each and every single time. Because that's what sin was doing to me. I knew I wasn't myself. And when I went to confession for the first time, I felt as though I was floating on air. Because what it did was, Confession heals everything. Where I was cut off from God for so long, it was completely healed. God brought me back to Him. What confession does is it makes us put Christ back in the center and not us. I had the grace to repent in this way, to start my repentance in this way. And when I did, I was floating on air afterwards. But repentance isn't only about the first act of sorrow. Remember, repentance is changing the way we're going. So confession was the first act of repentance I needed to do. But, I, but that was just a change of the route. I could either go back or I could go with this new change. And at the moment, I remember, when I went out of the confession doors, I remember thinking to myself, at first I thought everything was good again. It was awesome. We're all good. 
But then a tiny thought popped into my head. I probably need to talk to Sarah. But I brushed it off. I thought, no, it's, this feeling's too good right now. I'm cool now. I've done the confession. I've said sorry to God. I'm all good. We're fine. No one needs to know. And again, you can see this first sin of lies creeping back in. As soon as I came out. However, every single time we confess, every single time we make that act of repentance, we get unbelievable graces from God that we have no idea about. And because of that, when I came back to Australia, through the priest, a friend priest of, of mine in Sarah's, and through Sarah, I was able to start coming closer to God. And that's the grace of repentance that I received. I was encouraged to go to adoration for the first time. I had no idea what it was. This priest friend invited me, so I went. I sat in adoration for 10 minutes, got frustrated and left. And the priest said, he came after me and said, is everything okay? I said, I'm just sitting here looking at a piece of bread. What do you want me to do? I mean, I wouldn't say that now. But it was, and this priest, I mean, I just blasphemed in front of him, right? But he was so loving and patient. He said, that's fine. Take as much time as you need me. We'll come back for another 10 minutes. No problem. And he encouraged me to do that every week. I came back the next week, I lasted 15 minutes, then 20 minutes, then 30, and then it got to an hour, where I was enjoying an hour in front of the Blessed Sacrament. We would pray a rosary in this hour. Our Lady started to transform my heart. The graces I received from this confession, from that act of repentance, started to become fruitful. Through the Blessed Sacrament and through Our Lady, I started to change. I started to come closer to God. And then, I received the grace to take that repentance further. And I knew I had to speak to Sarah. But before I did that, I knew what I had to do first. I had to go to confession again. And I had to confess everything, including keeping this from Sarah as well, the lie that that was. And this time I went to my priest friend, who was a very good friend of mine and Sarah's and still is. And I knew I went to him on purpose, because I knew if I could confess it to him, I would confess it to Sarah. Because it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. And to this day, that was one of the hardest acts of repentance I have ever done in my life. I sat there, and this is something I haven't shared before, but I sat there in the confessional with the priest for 40 minutes, crying, not saying a word, for more than 40 minutes, because I didn't have the courage to say it. And the priest sat there in the confessional for 40 minutes, not saying a word, in complete patience. And I think, I think now, far out, what would have been going through his mind as a friend of mine? Clearly, he knew I did something bad. He had no idea what it was for 40 minutes. But he remained patient that whole time. And you know why? Because he wasn't there for me as a friend at that time. He was there for me as a priest. When a priest is in confession, he's not there as a priest. He's there as Jesus Christ himself.
You are not confessing sins to a priest. You are confessing sins to Jesus Christ himself. That image is incredible. That's the image of divine mercy. That is who you're looking at when you're in confession. That exact image. You know when the priest gives you absolution, he is at that moment in persona Christi. It means in the person of Christ. It is not the priest giving you absolution. It is Jesus Christ himself. And in the posture of absolution, you notice that that's the posture of Jesus' right hand there? This is what you are looking at in confession. That is a posture of absolute love, absolute mercy, absolute forgiveness. And this is what I received when I finally confessed in the confessional here. And you know what? Again, I received insurmountable graces. I received the courage, the graces, to be able to go to Sarah and tell her what I had done. And it was a, a huge thing for me because I was so good at lying that no one knew. No one. So I did. After that, by the grace of God and only by the grace of God. Because before then, without the grace of God, look at where I was. I was lying because I was too scared to say anything to anyone, to make myself look bad. Whereas here, I'm now able to face Sarah face to face and tell her exactly what I've done. Nothing to do with me or my own courage, all to do with the grace of God. And I did. And then Sarah did the best thing she could have to me. She dumped me. She got rid of me. And that is the proper response for any girl in that situation. But that in itself was a huge, huge grace. Because you know what it did? It forced me to run back to the only person I had left. God. And that was it. Father Anthony Mary shared the same thing earlier. He ran back to the only person left as well. And what a huge grace that was for me. Later that night, the same day I told Sarah, I, I saw her again. Just to grab a few things um, from her place. And again, this isn't something I've shared before, but Sarah, at that moment, did something incredible. She told me she forgave me and embraced me. And when she did, I felt the greatest love I ever felt in that moment. And it wasn't the love of Sarah. It was the love of God. It was His mercy that I felt. Because my repentance now was complete. I repented of this in every way. And I received His love and mercy at such an incredible level. It was incredible. It was supernatural. And Sarah's forgiveness was able to do that, but it was God's forgiveness that did it all. Because His grace was the one that was working through all of it the whole time. And there was nothing I had felt better than that. But it was still over. Sarah forgave me, but she knew that it had to be over. And it was. And so, like I said, I ran to God because that's all I had left. Remember I said last night 
the greater the cross you carry, the greater the resurrection there is. The same works with sin and mercy. The greater the sin you commit, when you repent, the more mercy you receive. Because the bigger the hole created in you from that sin, the more love that's able to fit into that hole later on. It works the same way. And this is what I was feeling that night. I continued to um, work on this relationship with God. And I continued to repent and open myself up to Him. And it was this continual journey of repentance that started to bring me closer to my eventual vocation as well. Sarah and I, we were broken up for about two years. And as I was growing closer to God, there was a moment there where I was sure, in my mind, that I wouldn't end up with Sarah. It took me a long time to get over her. But then when I did, I knew I loved her the, mo the most I ever had, because in my mind I thought, I'll be happy for her no matter what her vacation is, even if it's without me. I couldn't say that before, but I could at this point. And that's when I knew I was really drunk. And I was coming closer to God and I was saying, God, you know, whatever you want from me, you show me. And then something funny started to happen. I started to feel a closeness to Sarah after a couple of years again. But this time it was different. It was a closeness that was based on a love where I wanted the best for her. I didn't want her for myself like I was doing previously. I wanted the best for her. And I started to say to myself, well, if this is the case, I need to pray. I need to make sure, God, that you want this, not me. And so I heard this awesome 54-day rosary novena. And I thought, I'm going to pray that. And so I actually asked Sarah to pray this rosary with me for an intention for a family member of mine who was going through a tough time. And I prayed for that intention, but I also prayed for the intention of whether God might want the two of us together. Now, I'm kidding on that same day that I asked Sarah this, she was chatting with God earlier on that morning, and she was feeling similar things to me. And she had said, Lord, if you want me to be with Thomas, I need to pray about it first, and I, I need to pray a novena, and you need to tell me which novena you want me to pray. <laughs> Later on, I, I come along asking for this 54-day rosary novena. She wasn't too impressed with God. Novenas are normally Mondays. Here I come over with a 54-day. So she said, yes, I'll pray for your family member. But also she was praying for the same thing. <laughs> and so at the end of this 54-day rosary novena, I, I believe God was, was calling me to ask Sarah on a date. So I thought, all right, I'll do it. I went to Sarah and I said to her, Sarah, I want to ask you on a date. So I asked her out on a date. I told her that this time I want to make sure that it's of the Lord. So I want prayer to be an important part of our discernment. And I want you to know that this is, I'm not just asking you this for fun, I'm asking you this to discern a possible marriage with you in the future. I wanted to be clear here. Sarah you know, cried and said yes, and it was all good. And I thought, well, you know, she cried, I must be a really good bloke. <laughs> but I found out later 
And this was, I found out a couple of months later. She said, and shared this with me at first. At the same time, after the Rosary Novena, she had also felt called to, be, to go out with me. And so she said, all right, Lord, I'll go out with Thomas under three conditions. First one is, he has to ask me out on a date. The second one is, prayer has to be central to it. And the third one is, it has to lead to marriage. If I don't have those three, I'm not going to say yes. And so I found out when she was crying, it had nothing to do with me. It had to do with the grace of God. I kid you not, you can speak to Sarah afterwards. That's exactly how it went. I only found out later on, months later. And then after that, well, the rest is history. You know the rest. We got married, and now we've got, we've got kids. So, when we repent, God works miracles in our lives. The graces we receive when we repent are incredible. The mercy we receive from God is crazy. When you think about mercy, we know what is God. We say God is God is love. Exactly. God is love, but how he acts that love out in our lives is mercy. God is love, but God does mercy. That's how we experience the love of God. And mercy is when we get what we do not deserve. If we got what we deserve, all of us would be in hell. Because none of us deserve heaven on our own, because we're all sinners. But thanks to God's mercy, we don't have the capacity to be in heaven by getting what we don't deserve. Because Jesus paid the price for it. We could never. And that's how God's mercy works. Later tonight, you're all going to have the opportunity to go to confession. This is an ultimate sacrament of healing and sacrament of grace. And I know sometimes we can go in there, and you've heard my story, being very afraid. Afraid that we're such terrible sinners that the priest might judge us, that you know God might be scandalized with everything we've done. And it's normal to be afraid, but it's not of God. You know, a priest, sometimes we can think that if we go to confession, the priest is going to see the worst of us, because we're going to tell him the worst things we've ever done. And a priest once said to me, you know what, from a priest's perspective, it's actually the opposite. He says, I see you at your best. Because I see you at the time you want to change your life for the better. And there is no better time you are in your life than when you say that. So in confession, we're not at our worst. That's when we're at our best. Because that's when we're at our most humble. That's when we're saying, I want to change my life. I'm sorry for what I've done. And I want to change my life. The devil, he wants us to be scared. He doesn't want us to go into confession. He does not want us to have a relationship with Christ. If you are thinking about your sins and thinking about how horrible that is, I can say that's the work of the devil, because the devil calls you by your sin. 
God calls you by your name. That's the difference. Why? Because you're a child of God. You're not your sin. You are his child. And in confession, what we're saying, basically, is we're saying, Dad, I want to come back to you. That's repentance. Repentance is saying, Dad, I want to come back to you. Because that's where we belong. We belong to God. We don't belong to anyone else. We belong to God. We're coming back to where we belong when we repent. I might just finish off with one, one last quote from the big man, JP2. I'll come back to him. This is one of my favorite quotes of his. I realized it was one of my favorite quotes, and then I realized that I was actually there when he said it. I've been there once in Toronto World Youth Day and had mass with him. Uh, with the JP2, and it's the biggest regret of my life that I couldn't care less when I was there. I was 16, I was only there for the free trip to Canada, and um, I'm like, hey, why are people treating this old bloke like a celebrity for? I didn't get it. I knew it was Polish, and I'm like, yes, awesome, is Polish. celebrity enough, let's be serious, but I couldn't appreciate it, you know. But, um, but I was there hearing these words live, and they're some of the most incredible words I've ever heard. We are not the sum of our weaknesses and failures. We are the sum of the Father's love for us and our capacity to be the image of His Son. I'm going to say that again. We are not the sum of our weaknesses and failures. In other words, sin does not define us. We are the sum of the Father's love for us and our capacity to be the image of His Son. All of us are loved by the Father because we are His children. And all of us have the capacity to be Christ's love, the image of His Son. We're His children because we're made in His image and likeness. Do you know that if you were the only person in the world, Jesus would go through everything he went through for your sins? If you were the only person in the world, you would be worth more to God than all of his created universe. Every single thing he created, for one reason and one reason only. You are the only thing created in his image and likeness. Nothing else. Only us. We're more precious to God. You, on your own, are more precious to God than the rest of the universe. That's the reality. I'm not the one saying it. Jesus is the one saying it. God's the one saying it. We were made in His image and likeness. No one else, nothing else. And that's who you are. You're God's children. And you'll have the opportunity to, to come back to Him. That was Thomas Jew Shack with Repentance and Healing. This presentation was part of the 2018 Immaculate Mission School held in Hobart, Tasmania on the theme, Being a Disciple of Jesus. For more talks, interviews and shows, visit credio.org.au.